Morning podcast listeners. Today we have an episode with Kelly McCarthy. She's a paramedic out of Charlotte, North Carolina. She works at Mecklenburg EMS. She's been a client of mine for the past five plus years. And we're just going to jam a little bit on her story, on her story, what it means to be strong in EMS and really just her journey through fitness, through powerlifting and how her perspective has changed and how we go about, um, laying out her programs and her goals and, um, aspirations for the future so thanks for listening hope you guys enjoyed this episode it was a bunch of fun doing this we should have done it a long time ago but um glad we got it done now then take a listen and talk to you soon take care hoping it doesn't rain yeah stuck out in the rain um on a run is not what you want no no luckily you know medic still has their gym open so when i'm at work and i need to run i can just run on the treadmill there but everywhere else everything's shut down so it's either outside or nothing yeah how's it been um over at chad's not bad um so like i told you he's got a full squat rack well it's a half rack but he's got everything for squatting the only thing that's a little hinky is plates because you know, trying to get plates right now is really hard, especially some of the smaller ones. Right. So our jumps are a little interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like we went from 180 straight to 195 because we had no ability to make a jump in between. So I was like, yeah. all right, 15 pound bench jump. Let's just let's just do it and see what happens. Awesome. But it worked, and I was I was okay with that. Good deal. Well, let's go ahead and get started while we have a while we have a clear signal. Um, I am recording, yeah. and there'll be an audio and a video version of this, and okay. I'll have a, for the video, this is basically your intro, just us talking, but on the audio side, I'll put, <laughs> I'll put a, um, I'll do a cool little intro for you to kind of talk you up a little bit, and uh, yeah, we'll get right into it. Okay. So, what's up, podcast listeners? I have Kelly McCarthy here. She is a paramedic in Mecklenburg County in Charlotte, Carolina. And she is a client of mine running on. Oh, you glitched. Oh, did it? You got me? Nope. I wonder if it's still recording. You are super glitchy. All right. So what's up, podcast listeners? Uh, this is the episode two of the Alfred Wilson podcast, the recorded episode one of me just rambling. Um, so you're the first guest. Cool. The first guest. So uh, I get Kelly McCarthy here. Um, I did an intro for before we started the show, guys. So we're going to get right into it. Um, Kelly, what I want to talk to you about today is really your journey through fitness into powerlifting because you are a powerlifter. It's kind of how I introduced you. And uh, yeah. you're also a paramedic, which is pretty pretty cool combination. Um, it is. And we're going to talk about both of those kind of you going from being a paramedic and having to work that kind of shift. And mm -hmm building strength there and then also some power lifting and we're gonna yeah. get into both of those and how we've managed that over the last five years so go ahead it definitely give, hasn't been easy oh yeah for sure so maybe give us a rundown on um, on your story and kind of how you get started in fitness so i was a competitive athlete all through honestly like age 12 up um competitive swimmer all through high school and part of college and then I got my paramedic while I was in college and started working full-time as a paramedic, uh, making decent money. Should have gone to med school, but didn't because, you know, making good money as a paramedic. Um, and so you, when I finished my double bachelor's. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. You have a bachelor's. You have two bachelor's, right? Yeah, integrated neuroscience and biochemistry. Yeah. Um, so when I finished my double bachelor's, I just continued on to be a paramedic for the local agencies in one of the hospitals. In, our, in the area I'm from, I'm from upstate New York, uh, Binghamton, New York, which is a semi-small city. If you're in the New York area, there is exit signs, so we do exist. Um, but I just worked full-time as a paramedic, and I love it. I love my job. I've always loved my job. I'm at 14 years right now. May will be 14 years as a uh, EMS provider. I started when I was 16 with my hometown as a volunteer. So that was really cool, and it kind of just set the path, you know? Um, but I, I continued on as a paramedic and going through paramedic school and college, I did gain quite a bit of weight, like way more than the freshman 15. I think when I finished paramedic school, I weighed like a solid 210 pounds. I am five foot two with a 27 inch inseam, like 210 pounds is a lot for me. 
I think as an athlete through high school and when I was swimming in college, I, the most I weighed was 150. So it was a lot. Um, so my best friend, Elaine, herself decided to start training to lose weight. And so we were training to do physique because her sister was a physique um, competitor. So we were able to get the info on that and how to start training. And we watched our diets. We did carb cycling and we would food prep together and really get everything. And I lost whatever, 100, I was cut down to 160 pounds when I got the offer to work for medic and move. So I'd lost quite a bit of weight on my own with, well, with the assistance of Elaine and working out in the gym and all of that. So Medic called me up, said, yeah, we want you. You got one month to move to Charlotte. Didn't know anybody in Charlotte. Didn't know anybody in the southern part of the United States. Said, cool. Came down and found an apartment a few weeks later to move into and just literally packed up and left. And started working for Medic and doing their uh, orientation and their new hire process, which is exhausting. And you work, I go, I went from working as a full-time paramedic working three days a week to a new hire where you work five days a week and you are exhausted by the time you get home. Yeah. And uh, just my, my journey went back to just eating whatever was there. I gained a lot of weight and then uh, they let me out in the field to be on my own. And that's when I met you. Yeah. So let's, let's go back a little bit. I want to talk about that because that was pretty cool. Let's go back. Yeah. Um, let's go back a little bit about your hire process for, for medic. There's that, that physical assessment that they do with the barbell mm-hmm. and walking up the stairs and stuff. What was that experience yeah. like for you? Cause I remember going through it and um, it wasn't bad. I didn't, it wasn't like easy, right? There was some challenge to it. Like I remember when I read the application process for medic or before I applied and they had it in there, you know, you have to do this physical ability test to make sure the PET is what they call it, to make sure that you can pass it to take the rest of the, the exams to be hired there. And I was like, okay. And I looked at it and I read through it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. I have to carry a barbell while walking upstairs. And so Elaine actually, we programmed practicing how to do the movements in our training while we were still in New York. So we legit would steal like a curl bar and put 50 pounds on it and carry it up and down flights of stairs in our gym. No joke. We really did that. Um, so so that I knew. (laughs) You were better prepared than I was. I was. (laughs) I came like to the interview from, I I was in Fables. I was much closer than you. Mm -hmm. But I came oh, here yeah. and they were like, okay, here's your assessment. I had on dress pants, a button-up shirt, and oh, like you don't bring dress... workout clothes? No, and like dress shoes. Oh, no. And I was like, all right, let's nail it. <laughs> and I'm start... I started sweating. I was like, oh, so this is like a real thing. Like, they really want you to be yeah. in at least pretty decent shape. And I was. It was just super uncomfortable as far as like athletic clothes because I didn't know. Yeah, so I made sure I brought my athletic codes. So you have to take your FISDAP test. They don't do that anymore, but then you had to take the FISDAP test before you got to take the physical exam because they wanted to make sure you could at least pass the FISDAP, like to prove you knew how to be a paramedic before they'd let you do a physical. Because if you didn't pass FISDAP, it was okay, thanks for your time, bye. Right. Um, So I remember taking the FISDAP and I finished and I went into their little secured like room to sit in where the lecture hall used to be in the old 100. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I failed this. I failed this. I failed this. This person's going to come up to me and be like, yeah, thanks for your time, but you didn't pass. You know, I, I was so nervous. And then uh, one of the HR employees who isn't there anymore came over to me and she's like, you did a good job. You got an 85. I was like, what? She's yeah. like, yeah, go change into your workout clothes. We got, we, we got to go do the physical exam. I was like, I passed. I did. Are you sure? Some of those questions are a little hanky. She's like, no, you, you did really good. Like, I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, same yeah, that- I can't remember what I got on the FISDAP, but they were like, don't change it to your workout clothes. And I was like, I don't have any workout clothes. <laughs> what are you talking about? She's like, well, are you okay doing it, Matt? I was like, well, I guess if we got to do it, then yeah, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> you really don't have a choice, do you? It was, um, oh, I can't remember her name. Was it Deb- Debbie Paris? Is that her name? I have no idea. Oh my god! Been, was, well, you were there much longer than I was. Yeah, I was there maybe two years before you. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm at five or six years now. So. Yeah, I was there two years before you. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so that's so that's really cool. So you went through medic. That was fun. You kind of go through that. I think every 
all systems that I've researched that I've worked with, they've all got different physical requirements. That's uh, the worst one I've ever had to take. Yeah, that's definitely the, that's like, They make the you do CPR now. to prove you can do CPR and that's it. Like, right. oh, you can do CPR, cool, we're gonna hire you. And then you're, when you're a paramedic, you don't have to do CPR again. Dude, I did once, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You because, well, you're so busy doing like seven other things, yeah. but you're kind of stuck in one spot, yeah, but. But yeah, so yeah. But yeah, so you met, let's go fast forward a little bit. So you met, mm -hmm. um, you met yeah. me. And um, I remember, yeah. and I'll tell my kind of part of it, we have the same experience here, but I just like to hear both sides. Mm -hmm. So I was actually starting um, online, online, online coaching. Most people started mm -hmm. a facility, I was like, I'm just going to start over the internet because I don't have a building. And yeah. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I thought I made it up. Like I was naive enough to think like, I invented online coaching, super stupid. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd only ever done personal training, so I didn't know. Yeah. And um, so first kind of step was, okay, well, let me find five people to help. And you were one of the first five people. So yeah. what was that? What was that that, that I do happen? remember. Yep, we had a few. So I remember us. Good. I remember us getting paired at the window because uh, I'm trying to think of who your partner was. Um, Probably Steven. It was him for a while. Yeah, and they were out on either medical leave or something was going on. And I had no partner. This was right after I got released. Yeah. I had no partner. And our shifts were kind of similar, so they paired us up. And all I remember is this guy really likes ice cream. Because, like, the first, because you had a student with you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Anna. Anna was with you. Maybe Anna? No. Um, I don't remember. Somebody. No, we had a, it was a, it was a medical, or a nurse, it was either a nurse or a doctor. It was a new hire. Was it a new hire? Was it? I thought it was a new hire. I thought I it was know. a new hire. Well, we had a, we had a student. I was like, yeah, we had somebody with us. And I was like, wow, this guy really likes ice cream. Because, like, the first 30 minutes you talked about ice cream, because <laughs> you do love ice cream. <laughs> and then you, I was like, we ran our first call together. I was like, whoa, this guy's super strict. Cool, like. Tuck in your shirt, make sure your boots are zipped, like, make sure you don't mess up around this guy. And I was just like, do I call him Alfred? Do I call him Will? Like, I've heard you called both. I didn't know what to call you. And then we started, like, we got kind of the ways into shift, and you started talking about physical fitness. And I was like, yo, I used to do, you know, I was training for physique before I moved down here, and I was just yeah. starting to find, just starting to get back into fitness. And you're like, I've got something for you. Give me your phone number. I'm going to call you tomorrow. Answer it when I call. And like, that's all you said. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of weird. But all right. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. He seems like a trustworthy man. Yeah. Sure. Here's my number. Give me a call. I got something for you. Just bag of drugs. <laughs> and you legit called me the next day right after I was getting off a shift. And you offered me, it was three months of free programming. Mm-hmm with free meal prep like you told me what to eat how to measure it how to cook it i just had to do the work yeah and you wanted to test out uh test out the programming to see how it worked and i said heck yeah let's do this yeah and we did and it was awesome yeah and i think so it was yeah it was 12 weeks and at the end of it it was an offer to stay on and there were mm -hmm. five of you only two stayed on which was fine and yeah. you're you're the only one left <laughs> i told you as long as we keep winning i'm not going anywhere yeah. but after those 12 weeks and we talked about your goals because at first it was to kind of lose some weight and yep. you didn't drop a Get bunch stronger. of weight but you we dropped 30 pounds it was 30 pounds but you lost a bunch of inches too 30 pounds i lost a shit ton of inches yeah it's like the inches yeah. melted off um which was pretty cool yeah and um but Afterwards, it was, I want to get a little bit stronger, and it was upper, I believe your focus at that time was upper body. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I wanted to get a little bit stronger, and then in that mix, we started to talk about powerlifting, and um, mm -hmm. that's been super fun. So, a lot of your program, like, I think your first one, I walked you through a 5-3-1. Um, so, for yep. that 12 weeks, we basically did 5-3-1 over and over again for 12 weeks. And, yeah, <laughs> and you got stronger. So anybody listening, if you're just looking for a really good templated program to start out, it works. Five three one isn't bad. Uh, it works, man. It works. We we jumped some crazy numbers our first okay. year together, man. We really okay. did. For sure, we did. And then it got super fun when you said you want to do powerlifting. So started to investigate kind of that world, 
on the coaching side and what I actually learned on my end from you is that, and what I know for everybody now is a, the level of consistency that you have is just ridiculous. Um, when you're, yeah. when you're focused on a goal and regardless of the program, five, three, one conjugate or a mix or a match of any of that stuff based on where you're at in your schedule. Um, Cause that's ultimately what matters is what's helped to keep you really consistent for a long period of time. It really, it really has. Yeah. It really has. Short of things like um, injuries. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Injuries. Yeah. Lots of those. Whew. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the fun part. The big, big pieces for you, remarkably enough, the goal being, that's what I like for you to talk about the difference between working as a paramedic and then competing in powerlifting. So how do you differentiate strength for each? So powerlifting, it's three movements, three times, nine minutes of work, and you're done. Kind of, right? Like <laughs> yeah. only nine minutes matter out of the whole like 12-hour day. But you don't include your warm-up sets. You don't include the stretching that you do between. And then you have to re-warm up because like I competed at nationals in 2019 and our downtime was so extensive because it was a huge national competition sure. like we'd warm up and then we'd be completely cold by the time we actually had to get on the platform because the group ahead of us took forever so having to really know timing is super important it's definitely given me a ton of confidence being a paramedic you're confident right you have to be confident even sure. if you're messing up you have to look like you know what you're doing yep, even if you have no sure. clue what's happening you have to look like you know what you're doing and I tell, so I have a paramedic student on my truck right now and I tell him all the time, I'm like, I don't care if you don't know what's happening or if you're lost, just say, hey, I need help and I'll help you. I'm like, but you gotta look like you know what you're doing. Yeah. You can't lose control on scene. Like, I don't care if you have no idea what's happening, you have to look like you know what's happening and that's all. If you yeah. fake it till you make it, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so confidence, it definitely boosted my confidence. And it also, being a female in EMS is awesome but medic specifically has really large ambulances, really tall, large ambulances. And we don't use electric stretchers, which almost every other agency does. So manual stretchers are heavy. Plus you put your patient, you put your equipment on it, you have to move it. It made me so much stronger for work that I didn't have to worry about not being able to pick it up. I didn't have to worry about not being able to pick up this patient who fell because I'm tiny and I can't lift anything. Like it made me so much stronger for being a paramedic and it boosted my confidence to be a paramedic. And I've been able to, in medic alone, we actually have started our own Facebook group where we're spreading along um, helpful tips for eating, helpful tips for strength training, because I've actually been reached out by our risk and safety on how to improve strength for new hires, because they have a few who can't pick up the stretcher. And that's cool, you know, it happens, but you gotta get stronger to be able to do that. It doesn't just magically happen. So we've had to, be, we've actually together been able to give them programs to give to these new hires so they can go to the medic gym and actually gain strength. Also, awesome. it's been, it's been cool to see how, how powerlifting and, and EMS have kind of come together. Yeah. We actually are, as you know, we're go funding right now for a barbell, a new barbell for the medic gym because the one that's in there is not the best and that's, that's okay. But let's get a better bar for the people in there who are training and really using it. Yeah. Uh, I actually just I actually just bought them out of my own pocket a new deadlift wedge because they I've watched somebody trying to load plates the other day and it was just poor guy man the poor guy just trying to load plates onto a bar on the ground it sucks. Yeah. So I bought a deadlift wedge and then they have those little chintzy weight clamps. Yeah. In the gym it doesn't hold anything on the bar so I actually bought them real um, plastic hard clamps. So yeah. that people can continue to train and continue to train safely. Because oh. as you know, safety is number one, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. So what are some, for you, um, there's different services kind of have different benchmarks for how much an individual should be able to lift to be able to perform the job effectively. Um, in your experience, based on your level of strength, what you've encountered, especially at a busy service like Medic, what are some, um, what would you say would be requisite levels of strength for male, female to have, whether they be the same or be slightly different? 
So men naturally are going to have slightly stronger upper bodies for the most part, right? Women right. were built to be stronger on the lower half, men not so much. But I think regardless of gender, you should be able to pick up one to one and a half times your body weight with like squatting slash deadlifting because that's the primary movement that we're using to get somebody from the ground to the to stretcher height or picking them up off the ground. You have to be able to brace properly. Like if you don't know how to brace, you're not going to move anything. Yeah. You should know how to brace properly, breathe properly, and lift properly with your legs and not your back. Because the number one injury we see a lot in EMS is shoulder injuries, low back injuries, and uh, joint injuries, like hip or knee injuries. Yeah. And it's because they're not lifting properly. Yep. So one to one and a half times your body weight, if you can lift that, you'll be in a good, in a good section of where you need to be. And then for females, probably like 70, 75% of your body weight, upper body, and then men at least one, 100% yep. of your body weight, upper body. Awesome. Completely agree. Do you feel, and this isn't like a right or wrong or good or bad, just kind yeah. of facts how we see it. Do you feel that um, the majority of the industry kind of sits there now? No, <laughs> no, I hate to say that because I love my job and I love the industry and I've met wonderful, wonderful people like you being in this job, but no, yeah. EFS, although we're catching up to fire and police, we really don't have any adequate training for physical fitness. No. You go to a police academy, they have physical fitness every day in training. You go to fire academy, they have physical fitness every day in, in their training, in their new hire process. And then even, I know for fire, I'm not sure for police here, but fire, you are paid on shift to work out for an hour. Yeah. We don't do that. We don't do that at all. Yeah. And I'm actually very open about that at Medic on how we should start to incorporate, or we need to incorporate it to decrease our, our on-the-job injuries. Yeah, for sure. So that's a big, um, and I think me and you um, don't think I remember me and you specifically were talking about that while I was still working. Um, mm -hmm. The idea around being able to do that. Now there's some to be fair for the services, right? Like that's easier said than done. Um, fire yeah. probably has, a, it's just easier for them to manage that financially versus EMS. So I think there's a lot of red tape. Well, they're also station-based, which helps too. We don't yeah. have station-based. We do posting throughout the entire county and sometimes you're at a fire department who has the ability to work out and sometimes you're at a gas station exactly so, yeah. or sometimes you're at the corner of arrowwood and <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> but you're, you're you're stuck in this box for we do 10 hour and 13 and a half hour shifts yeah. so you're stuck in a box for an extended period of time and oh. that's just not good for your body for sure so let's um Let's transition a little bit. We talked about strength and powerlifting, and um, I think we've gotten the point across to the um, necessity or importance of just strength in the job. And I'll continue to dig into that as much as I can, and I know you will too. Yeah. Um, let's talk about food, though. I remember, I remember working EMS, and a lot of days it was like, "Well, this is the best that I can do," and mm -hmm. it's pretty bad. Oh yeah especially night shift. Cause I think it was night shift that you and I met on. I'm almost certain, or you'd picked up an overtime shift, something like that. It was, it was an afternoon shift though. I remember it. Yeah, being it was dark. afternoon to like late later. I think I get, you got off. I picked up, I picked up your shift. Yeah. 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 So it, it was a night shift. EMS is the worst. It is because you have very limited access to food and the majority of what you have access to is extremely processed. And it's not healthy. <laughs> There's no way you can make any of what you eat on night shift healthy unless you go into a gas station and buy an apple. Like that's really the only way. And it sucks. It sucks that we don't have access to, we don't have access to kitchens to cook our own food because we're not station oriented in uh, EMS agency. We don't have access, like right now with it being EMS week and um, COVID going on, it is a different because people are actually donating food to the agency which is something we've really never seen before at, at what we're seeing now. So we'll come in and it's an actual whole like cooked meal from a restaurant that that's not full of preservatives. It's not full of junk. It's like they had salmon and couscous and like steamed vegetables there the other day. And it was fantastic. It was fantastic to see that because people are actually getting whole foods, healthy foods in a proper portion, portion controlled size. 
right. to take home and eat or to take on the truck and eat. And that was, that was, that made me really happy to see. Yeah. Because we don't, we don't get that often. Or even if you're on day shift and you're trying to get a meal, tones are going to drop before you ever get that food. So you might pay for it, but you're never going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And that keeps some That's people from, from going out to places that are halfway decent for them because mm-hmm. of the fear of, well, I paid for this. I'll never get to eat it, especially. And we're kind of talking about, I've been to services and I know you have too, where I've sat down and eaten for an hour and a half yep. and never got a call. Yeah, but a, not at Medic. <laughs> yeah, honest, there are some benefits to some rural areas, but when you're in, you're in a city, you're, you're kicking it and the, the opportunity for a decent meal at best is hard. It uh, really is. And the, that's really the, in this particular scenario, those are generally the people that we see struggle with that, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So what would you say would be some, what are some of your tips and tricks to kind of manage that uh, so that way you don't get, because you worked night shift before me and you did. Yeah, I, say 12, I was on night for yeah. two years before I got to go to days. Yep. And that was just by happenstance and luck. Yeah, so me and you have done training around night shift before and with your food. So what are some tips and things that you, that you put into place consistently that has helped you kind of stay, that helped you stay on track? The biggest one is schedule one or two days a week, depending on what your work schedule is, where it's a day off and schedule two hours in that day to make it a meal prep day. So that, you know, every, like, so ours is every other Sunday because we work a rotating shift. Every other Sunday is meal prep day. And we know that. And so we'll make a grocery list on Saturday morning. We'll go grocery shopping, which is a lot when you have to feed two people for an entire week. Um, And we'll buy everything we need. We might not prep it on Saturday, but we buy everything because we still have a few meals left in the fridge for us to finish. And then come Sunday morning, cooking starts. And we know on average for us to cook the amount of food that we're going to cook and what we're going to cook, it takes us about two hours. And then it gets to sit out and cool, goes into its containers, which we weigh. We weigh everything. Like you got, I've bought like four weigh scales since I've been with you because they die and break. (laughs) So we weigh and measure, we weigh and measure everything. And then it gets tracked Mm -hmm. and goes into the fridge and you know exactly what you're going to eat for the next five to seven days which I know it's monotonous and some people do better eating the same thing every day than others, mm-hmm. but you can always change it up. So say if you're going to meal prep chicken, you can get enough chicken thighs for two days, but you can season them two different ways yeah. so that you don't get bored of one flavor. Um, but make your meal prep simple and make your meal prep, like schedule meal prep time, just like how you would schedule gym time. If you're really serious about it, schedule it so that you get it done. Because if you don't, then you're going to suffer later on and it's, it's going to make you sad and you don't want to be sad. You want to stick to your plans and get them done. Yeah. So how long did it, and I know you're a little, you're just a little bit different, but me and you both know there have been like little hiccups along the way, right? If everything just went perfectly like that, that'd be awesome. Oh God, this road looks like a kindergartner took a crayon to a paper and just went nuts. Right. Yeah. Cause we've yeah, been everywhere. Good. We've been up, we've been down, we've been sideways, we've been backwards. Yeah. So we've your, been everywhere. So with your meal prep specifically, how long did it take you to kind of get into a groove where, okay, like you've practiced it and you, I've, I've got it kind of nailed now. I've done it enough times where I feel super confident. So when you, when I first started with you for that first 12 weeks, you literally sent me a thing. This is how much of what you're going to eat. This is how you're going to cook it. This is how you're going to weigh it. So I didn't have to do any work except eat what you told me to eat when you told me to eat it. Right. And that really set me up for success when we went, to the next phase of that three months and I stayed on with you and it was okay well I'm just going to give you macros you now know what fits where you kind of figure out what you want to eat and I'll give you ideas yeah and it got to the point where probably within six months of me being with you I was able to go okay I know these are what my macros are this is my total caloric intake for the day and I could kind of pick and choose oh he wants me to eat chicken but I'm not really feeling chicken I know that tuna fish will replace that for the most part in what I want for macros and and similar macros and continue to eat in those parameters without issue. So it probably took me about six months. And then when we signed up for, let's see, we did our first meet and I weighed in at 150 and that was USAPL. Mm -hmm. And then 
God, something happened after that, but I can't remember. It was my back injury. My back injury happened very shortly after that, which, by the way, didn't happen during powerlifting. Anybody who's listening, listening, my injury happened carrying a dresser up a flight of stairs, three flights of stairs. Yeah. So I have not actually truly, truly injured myself powerlifting ever. It's all been doing other things. So powerlifting is safe. Anybody who says otherwise, it is very safe, I promise. But I do want everybody listening to kind of understand like where, and to be super transparent, you're talking about trying to win at a sport. Correct. Yes, Correct. you're a yes, paramount. Me and you have had this conversation at nauseum because you've had a lot of like setbacks with your sport that have mm-hmm. affected your life as a paramedic. But yeah. most people listening, they don't, they may not want to go compete in powerlifting. Yeah. And that's totally fine. That's totally fine. My goals have always been a little bit different than most of your other athletes, because anybody who trains with you, in my opinion, is an athlete. Even if it's like uh, Marianne, she's because I know her so well and I've loved watching her journey. She's an athlete, even if she just thinks that she's just trying to get healthier. She is because she's working harder at a goal every day to get to a point. She has a definitive point, like for her pull-ups, she has a definitive point that she wants to get to. Yeah. And watching her crush it has been amazing. Yeah. Um, but everybody who works with you is an athlete. And just because their goals aren't what my goals are, doesn't mean that they don't have any. Exactly. My goals are just just very definitive for what I want. Exactly right. Kind of when, so when we're talking about the potential, and I say that in the context of potential for injury, right? Yeah. So when we're talking about trying to get you to lift as much weight as possible, but then there are probably periods in your work where you are close to lifting as much weight as possible. Oh yeah. While you're at work. So the number of reps and total amount of work there is really hard to manage with you because of the job that you inherently have to do and oh, yeah. the amount of load that you have to lift to be able to win. Mm-hmm. So there's a small gap um, between those two. When you're talking about people that have goals, well, I'd love to get my pull-ups versus I want to go stand on a podium and get a medal and be called mm-hmm. the best in the world of this sport. You're, you're always going to play with the gap. So I want to make sure that's super clear. Powerlifting is yeah. safe for a bunch of people that participate in it. You're starting to have a different conversation when you're like, I want to win and be the best. Yeah. Player. You have to accept when you say, I want to be an actual competitive athlete in this sport instead of participate, right? You can participate yeah. or you can be competitive. Yeah. When it gets to the point where you want to say, I want to win or I want to work as hard as I can to win, you are pushing your body to a whole nother limit. Yeah. The, the line for safety changes at that point. And you accept the fact that there is a high possibility you could truly injure yourself, yeah. pushing yourself that hard. Yeah, for sure. And you've, you've had some pretty huge. <laughs> pretty Injuries, big, I have. Yeah, pretty big setbacks. Um, some of them to be, and me and you have talked about it. To be honest, I was like, man, this may. Uh, you never thought I was coming of, back. Yeah, kind of thinking to myself, like, well, we're going to try, but I don't know. Yeah. And not because I don't think you're strong or you can't do it. I absolutely believe in you. But yeah. because I know you, me, because me and you have conversations about your life, not just powerlifting, mm-hmm. not just medic. I need a yeah. list of things that you want to do. And um, I always make sure that you understand that balance and where that line is. And I know where you sit on that. So that mm-hmm. way we're on the same page because that's, um, yeah. it, could be, it could be really tough if I just kind of shit on you like, well, fuck it. You don't care. I don't care. Let's go, let's go lift some yep. weight. It doesn't work that <laughs> Yeah. No, we have always been very open with each other ever since day one about what yeah. our goals were, what you saw as realistic versus what I saw as realistic. They didn't <laughs> yeah. always match, right? Like that one day at OPEX and I was deadlifting and you're like, mm, no, that looked ugly. Go back down. And I almost had like a full hissy fit in the gym. Because oh my God. Wait. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, did you just, did she just tell you no? They're like, yeah, she does this a lot. <laughs> Yeah. She said, you let her tell you no? Yeah, we just, it's been a while. It's been it's a while. while. We've yeah. gotten to that point. <laughs> but yeah, um, but let's talk about your injuries a little bit and kind of how we yeah. feel about working through that because um, you've had quite the road. I have had quite the road. Um, right, almost a month after my first ever powerlifting competition, I ended up going out uh, backpack hiking for a long weekend with my boyfriend, David, and he's a very avid hiker. I am not, you know, powerlifting is not a, a very, uh, aerobic activity unless you're just lifting a lot, um, quickly. 
so we went out hiking and we were backpacking and I ended up twisting my knee pretty badly um, about five or six miles into where we were going. And we had to, I kind of ignored the pain, even though my whole leg swelled up and we spent the weekend out in the woods and we came back and it was so bad by the time we came back that I couldn't really bear weight on it. Yeah. So we had to go get that evaluated at the orthopedic doctors here. And they were like, yeah, no, you got to wear this knee brace and be on crutches for the next three months. And that was really shitty. It was a partial tear of my meniscus and my MCL. And then I also had what's called a Baker cyst in my knee. So they actually had to inject lidocaine and cortisone into my knee to get this cyst to, uh, and it was just a whole bunch of fluid from the trauma to get it to come back down. So that was my first major injury. And that took us out of planning to compete, which we had already started to do after we went to our first meet and won first in bench press, which was really cool. Yeah. I think the heaviest we benched in practice was like 170. Mind you, I weighed about 150 at that time, which was still really good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, I had no idea what you're putting on the bar. And I was like, we're just going to make this thing move like third attempt. And it was ended up being 187, which is a yeah. 17 pound jump. And we killed it. Yeah. It was a grinder. Yeah. I've watched that video a few times since, you know, five years ago. It was a grinder, but that thing popped up, man. Oh, yeah. I can't fail with you next to my ear screaming at me. Like, yeah, because I was, they let me, um, they let me, they let uh, you come uh, up. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. That was a bunch of fun. I love that. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. So we had already started planning, like, well, how are we going to compete for the next one? I really right. loved it. I had a lot of fun. I got to meet a lot of cool people who I still keep in touch with. Um, yeah. And it, powerlifting has opened up a whole nother part of my life where I've met some of the best people in the world. To I've gotten to meet a world record holder, uh, Stacey Burr, who's amazing. Um, she's retired now, but she is absolutely fantastic and one of the kindest people if you ever get to meet her or listen to any of her podcasts or her stuff, I've got to meet some, some great people in my life, including one of my best friends now, Chad, who is an international elite bench presser and crazy, crazy strong. And we actually got to help him come back from a shoulder injury. Yeah, we did. That was fun. Yeah, we did. That was really good. Um, but, you know, we hurt my knee. And then right after we got the go ahead from the doctor to start training again, we started training and that's when we moved into the new apartment. I was carrying that furniture up the flight of stairs and I hurt my back yeah. and we ignored that back. Well, not ignored. We pushed it off for yeah. like three months. Like yeah. we're like, Oh, it's an erector strain. It's an erector strain. I'll be fine. And it got to the point where I couldn't feel my left leg. Yep. The only thing I could feel was pain. I couldn't use it. My knee was shooting in on every lift because no nerve communication was happening in that leg for it to be used yeah. um so we finally went and saw a doctor and he's like oh you have an l5s1 herniation and tear you need surgery and i was like whoa 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 i'm 26 are you sure about that <laughs> and anybody who works in ems knows that a back injury is a career ender it yeah. really is so you and i got together i was in tears yep. like many times we've had injuries i was in tears and you said, no, like, calm down. I'm going to talk to some people. We're going to get a rehab program started for you. And I told the doc, you know what, let's hold off on that surgery. I want to try this rehab. And we ended up coming back even stronger yeah. and even more stable and even better than we were before the injury, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, that rehab was 12 weeks? Eight months. Eight months. Eight Wait, months. It was a long time. Yeah. It used it was to be. a long time. It started with you doing glute bridges and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, glute bridges and um, planks from the floor. Yep. And yep. then progress from there to doing Romanian deadlifts with a bar to mm -hmm. the, 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 and one things, Yep. And one and of the things we're, we're still working on with you is what I, what we figured out was that your squat is really where it started to bother you, but the deadlift mm -hmm. because of that hinge. Mm -hmm. um, and that's huge for EMS, right? Because what are we You deadlift the stretcher. Yep, you deadlift the stretcher, but it's more of like a, um, more of like a sumo or more squatty than it is a bend, right? It's like a frog. It's like a frog stance deadlift. Yeah. yeah. It's a frog stance deadlift. So a lot of people, at least, and even in my experience, I know you've seen it, they're almost doing a squat, but there's no hinge of their hip. So yeah. trying to teach people in EMS specifically, like, hey, your hip has to, you have to have that shift back. They kind of naturally mm -hmm. tired. They don't know it because of yeah, how, they don't. Hey, how the stretcher is built, how we've been taught to lift it, and the idea, yeah. well, if you move your hips back and your shoulders forward you're going to jack mm -hmm. your back and i think that goes yep. back to what you said well yeah. if you're braced appropriately and you understand how to use your right musculature changing that position or improving that hinge position can give you a lot of strength so we worked on that with you for a long time 
Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. But we, we came back. I remember it being literally just tempo glute bridges for like three months straight. But yeah. the pain finally got better. Like, I remember it being, I was in tears every day, every day I came in. And then about by probably two weeks in, the pain had lessened enough where I wasn't dying. Yeah. And I refused to anybody who's listening. I refused to come off the truck. Um, my supervisor was the only person besides my partner who knew I had an injury that worked at Medic. Because um, I think you were at Tavares at that time, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, who worked at Medic. And they both agreed to help me out as much as possible. And I refused to come off a truck. So I still worked through this entire back injury instead of going on uh, light duty. Yeah. Because light duty is not for me. And I'm just going to leave that there. Yeah. I belong on an ambulance doing my job. Um, but, we're going to leave that for interpretation for the yep. listeners. You guys do what you think is best for you. Correct. I'm certain Kelly's not saying don't go on light duty if you have an injury. <laughs> no, no. Do what is best for you. I know what's best for me, and I know I was doing more for myself on an ambulance where I had the ability to take a break um, if we were parked at a post somewhere and walk. Walking was the other big thing that we did, right? Yeah. We really didn't walk much or do any kind of cardio unless we had to cut weight. Whereas when I injured myself, we looked into the McGill three and we learned how to, to really move to help my back pain and walking was a big thing. So I would do 10 minute walks throughout the day, no matter where we were parked at the hospital. I was walking parked at post. I was walking, like walking on scenes is what we do naturally, right? You got to get to the patient and get back. But I was always trying to walk even at nighttime. I'd come home from work and I'd put on my shoes and I'd walk in the parking lot of our apartment complex. Yeah. I found that walking was actually a huge relief in the pain that I was dealing with. So right. that's something I still do today. And now we're actually training for a sprint triathlon. So a lot more walking and running is happening. Yeah. Yep. A lot more, which I'm excited about too. I am. Um, yeah. So we did that eight months of rehab. I forgot that took mm-hmm. that long. Man, that was a long yeah. time. Um, it was a long time. Yep. And you came back and um, you set a bunch of records and – you even have to travel to Vegas, man. I did. I got to travel cross country. I didn't think any of that was going to happen. I remember us. So side note. So when I was starting to feel better going through rehab, I didn't tell Alfred and I signed up for a meet. And mm. I told him like a month later, because I knew that we had enough time to prep. So I was like, you know what? I need a goal. I'm one of those people that has to have a goal. That's like legit. Like I can't walk away from if I pay to compete in a meet, I'm going to be there. Right. no matter what. And you know that about me. Um, so I, I signed up for a meet and didn't tell him and we continued to do rehab. And then a month later I sent him a text and I was like, yo, I did something. And I sent him a picture of the flyer for that meet. And he was like, did you sign up for me? I was like, yeah, I did. We got three months. Let's do this. And you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. I was like, it's okay. We can do this. I, I well, we, got on a, we got on a call. Remember? Yeah. Like, um, let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> yep. you're like are you sure this is a good idea yeah. I was like I don't know but I want to do it but that was but that was kind of cool because that set up kind of that helped manage expectations for you right because yeah. it's easy to get into competition mindset and yeah I want to win I'm I'm not participating I'm trying to compete here we talked about all that but when you have a competition just because you're competitive you want to have you want to feed that competitive drive um yeah. And especially past an injury, well, let's just manage expectations here. What are you trying to accomplish in the mm-hmm. meet? Most people, it's well, let's go to this competition and let's let's do this competition. Well, yeah. now it got we have to have the conversation. Let's be more specific about yep. what you're trying to accomplish here, and let's look at either an individual lift or let's look at improving on the total. Um, mm-hmm. And luckily enough for you, all of them went up. So. Yeah, yeah. So we, that was our yeah our last. Because we only ever did two. That was our last USAPL meet. Yeah. Because there's different federations in powerlifting. Um, mm-hmm. And then we tried USPA because the weight classes were a little different. Because we really struggled. Even with a nutritionist from another company, we really struggled to cut weight for that last meet. Yeah. Because, like, remember I was, like, 50 micrograms over. And I couldn't, like, I was running sprints in the parking lot at weigh-in trying to sweat off anything I could. And my body was just like, no, you're never going to be 150 pounds again, except it. Like we put too much muscle mass on, we had done too much. And my body's just like, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. So we ended up having to go up a weight class, which sucked. We still ended up taking fourth in the weight class, which is cool. Yeah. Um, But 
it sucked. So we looked into other federations that had different weight classes. And we, uh, a few months after that, that was in August. And then we competed again in our first USDA drug tested me in South Carolina, which was what kind of set us on the path for nationals. And I had no idea. I didn't know anything about USPA. I didn't know what the records were. I didn't know anything. We literally kind of just went in there blind and said, let's see what we can do. And we ended up winning first for South Carolina State Nationals. Um, we weighed easily where we needed to be. That's, so we went up a weight class. My original weight class was 72 kilos. This was 75. So it's only a six pound difference. But that six pounds meant the world because I, I didn't have to cut and I was comfortable. My body was comfortable sitting at that weight. <laughs> Hi, Christian and Adrian. <laughs> sit down. Yeah. Um, we kind of just went in there and um, we like Googled, I think, the records for this for the state. Yeah. Like the night before, we didn't even know, and we found out that I could break two or three of the records. Yep. Um, so I think even our our second attempts were all record breakers. Yeah. Our second attempt were all state record breakers, so we broke those, and we ended up having like an eight, mm, 700 plus total. I don't think we had broken 800 yet, though. No, we haven't. It's the first time I ever pulled 300 pounds, and yep. that was really exciting. That yeah. was, and I did everything pain free, which was the most exciting part of it all. Yep. Um, so we kind of just chilled after that one for a little while. And then I got the invite for nationals and I was like, oh shit, like I qualified for that. No, like, no. And so then we were like, all right, cool. Let's go to nationals. Yeah. And I actually qualified for worlds with my second attempt deadlift at nationals. And that was really exciting. So nationals was in July. Um, and we ended up breaking or no we ended up tying my squat my bench tied and then my deadlift was like 20 or 30 pounds higher than I had ever deadlifted before so that was really cool yeah. um and then we qualified for for worlds which I was really excited about and then found out like two weeks later I had a blood clot in my leg and we couldn't go <laughs> yep yep always always something always something but what I what I hope uh, people hear from this is that um, one it's not a straight line to get to no. the goal those things are constantly changes I mean you're trying to do a sprint triathlon now at this point and not because yeah, why not yeah why not not because you don't want to do powerlifting anymore but no I want to powerlift yeah, it is a different challenge for you you will lift again um, mm -hmm. but for your overall fitness and your health you can still do resistance training still get stronger improvements in your aerobic system and support of strength are only going to make you stronger and more healthy and resilient over time to do that stuff. So what I hope people hear is that regardless of the setbacks and the plateaus, just keep being consistent and mm -hmm. keep working through it, keep making adjustments as you need to. I think yep. a lot of times, and we've, we've delved into that over the last six years of, well, well, let's change this because this happened. Well, let's change this. Well, a lot of times you just need to keep doing the same, like keep doing what you were already doing you just need to wait and do a few more reps of it. Mm -hmm. and, and that was the biggest thing, like the consistency from when we finished, not even while we were doing rehab, all the way to nationals, we really didn't change much. Yeah. Still did tempo squats, still did tempo deadlifts, still did block pulls. And then the only thing that we added stuff to was we were, I moved to a different gym, so I had the ability to implement different bars because we had access to them then, or now, I guess we just even though everything shut down, we had yeah. access to the to different bars, so we could do different kind of movements, and we had access to the ability to do a bit more conjugate work because we had the ability to do reverse band stuff, yeah. and we had the ability to do chains and everything else that everybody sees in Instagram videos that are really cool. I finally had the ability to have access to that kind of equipment, yeah, so we think, just added it in. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting that you said, and a big point that you said you finally had the ability and not simply because of resources, but all the tools and all the stuff on Instagram, that's all awesome. And a big conversation mm -hmm. we're having people with now is, well, I don't have all the things to get fit. Well, people have gotten really fit with their body for a long time. A long and that's time. Not to, just not to say you don't need the gym, right? I love the gym, you love the gym, we love to be in it. I love the gym. But it's not about the wand it's about the magician magician somebody mm -hmm. said that a long time ago if you have the tools and the ability to do things 
stick with that and do that consistently. And then when the resources become available to you, you can then do more. If I gave yeah. you, if I gave you a camera bar and told you to do sets and reps with it and you've never touched a barbell before. It's useless. Would be useless for you. Yeah. <laughs> it would. It make, would. Yeah. it would. So meet, meet yourself where you're at is the message and build from there as you gather more resources and more experience. That's exactly what we've done with you. And then you don't need all the cool, fancy, specialized equipment to be strong. We proved that for three years before I ever went to Norse, yeah. where I had access to that stuff. Because we were training at My Works Medic Gym our first three years. Yeah. Because I was training after work or before work. Yep. And they just have a barbell, dumbbells, and a few kettlebells. And that's it. That's all we have in there. We have nothing else. So besides... uh. A uh, bike and uh, elliptical, elliptical slash uh, treadmills. Like, yep. that's it. That's all we have. Yep. So, I was really able to gain a ton of strength just with those three things. Yeah. And a lot of body weight work. We did tons of body weight work. Yep. A lot of push ups, a lot of air squats, a lot of dips. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Assisted pull ups. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. It so, was. don't. Don't knock yourself because you don't have access to a whole bunch of fancy equipment. You don't need it. And I think this uh, quarantine has kind of sh uh, proved that to some people. Yeah. Um, if there's a will, there's a way, right? For sure. So, like, my, I had all of, I have two gym memberships for certain things, and both of mine got shut down because safety. And we ended up just turning our back porch, which I'm sitting on right now, into our own little mini gym. We've yeah. got padding on the floor so that nobody gets injured because it's a wood slated floor. And then we just have a pull-up bar, some bands, a barbell, some weights. And we built, we literally built, like you can see it right here. We literally built, oh no, I don't know if I can do it. Nope, it won't work. But we built our own sled. Yeah, and that's pretty just, cool. Yeah, we built our, oh, there it is, right there. We built our own sled and we built our own parallelettes. Took us... The parallettes took maybe an hour, and then the sled, we did at his dad's house, which took an hour and a half, two hours, and we've had tremendous success just training with those. Yeah. Like, I've learned how to do a parallelette L-sit, which is really, really hard if anybody's <laughs> yeah. ever been able to do those. Like, you want to die within first five seconds of doing it, but it's core work, yeah. and it makes you stronger, and doing parallelette push-ups, and really working on range of motion and tempo. If you want to make something harder, just add tempo to it, right? Yeah. You'll realize really quickly that you're not strong. Yeah. Not, yeah. not as strong as you'd like to be. But um, yeah. you got to deal with a lot of tempo. But yeah, so I want to wrap this up because I don't want to keep you for too long. Um, what are some things you'd like to leave people that are listening with that are either in EMS or either starting in their fitness or not sure where to start? There's a lot of, well, especially for you because you're super strong. People see you lift a lot of weight. And what they don't know is like you started with a nine, with a 35 or 45 pound bar. Um, yeah. Like most everybody else. Um, yeah. So what are some things you'd like to leave people with in terms of how to get started or how to improve if they're sitting on the plateau? Just some good advice for them. What do you, what do you got? Biggest thing, like we just talked about in this whole podcast, consistency is key, right? So whether it's your meal prep, whether it's your training, whether it's, you know, whatever it is you're trying to get done, consistency is key. If you don't stick and stay consistent with it, you're never going to see the results you want. You're, you're not. Um, and EMS makes it a lot harder because we do shift work. So you might be stuck on nights. So you need to schedule just like you would say an in-service or a training or a class that you have to take for EMS. You have to schedule that time for it. You have to schedule time to train. You have to schedule time to meal prep. If you want to be successful in any kind of way when it comes to mental health, physical health, you have to schedule that in because if you don't, you're not going to do it. Right. That's the biggest thing that I've seen with, I, and I've helped a lot of people at work. I've actually helped a few people. I put them through the back pain protocol that we did and they came to me two weeks later and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't, my pain is gone. I was like, okay, good. Don't stop doing the movements. You have to keep doing them multiple times a day. You can't just stop because then the pain's going to come right back. You have to stay consistent. So even if you see improvement, keep going. Like, oh, yeah, it's gone. No, keep going. You have okay. to keep going. Because exactly. if you stop, then you're going to fall back all the way to square one again. And yep. then you're going to get really upset. 
and yeah. it sucks. <laughs> it's absolutely it right. Sucks. Um, so I did, I created a small PDF for that a while ago. I'm going to attach that to this uh, with parts of that protocol. It was an eight month progression, yeah. but with the big pieces in there, kind of in the beginning for you, I'm going to attach that to the podcast. So we're just going to give it to the people that are listening to it. I think that is a great idea because there is so much chance for back pain, whether it's just from muscle aches or a weak core, or you truly did injure your back lifting something and you just don't know it yet. Um, I think a back pain protocol is necessary for anybody who works in this job. One, you can either use it as a rehab or you can use it as a prehab. Like you might not have back pain yet, but you're gonna at some point in this job. You are. So if you start now, the likelihood of you having to suffer through it decreases a lot. So yeah. I think everybody in, in any kind of physical necessary job with short bursts of movement, because in EMS, we're really not moving all the time. It's a lot of sitting and waiting and then really rapid movement. And then you sit and wait again, yeah. which sucks for your body. Well, it's <laughs> it really bad for you. Really um, bad. So having something to do at shift while you're sitting at post, is really important and get your partners in on it. So if you're suffering through something, have your partner do it with you if they're willing to, if you guys have a good relationship, because most of them will, and it'll help both of you out in the long run. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, I'll attach that to there. Um, your, the group for, that you guys have with Medic, is that for, is that specific for Medic employees? Currently it is, um, but our goal eventually is to expand it and also you making your new group for EMS uh, workers and for shift workers will definitely be a part of that. Hopefully yep. we can kind of integrate them because all the information that we share is for everybody. Yeah, for sure. There's no, there's definitely, definitely an abundance mindset there. There's plenty to go around and plenty yeah. of people that can be helped. Um, so I'll put the links for both of those. The one for Mecklenburg County is Medic in Motion. That's on Facebook, right? And then uh, Facebook, yeah. And then um, EMS Fitness Network, that is the group that, I started both of those are for EMS, the EMS Fitness Network. I'm pushing that out to um, emergency medical services globally. So if you're listening to this and you know people that are looking for some support and some a good community inside of a group, a Facebook group, then come check it out. It's fun. I just started it a while ago and we are at 40 members now. About a, It's been about a week and we're at 40 members. So excited to get more people in there and uh, help out as much as we can. And yeah. Medic in Motion, that is a great group, been a part of that for a long period of time. Um, both of those are good resources. And I try to share, those are connected, at least on my page, I connect both of those groups. So mm -hmm. you'll be able to see them either way. Uh, your social media is, what is it? Chaos? Chaos390 yeah. for Instagram. Um, so all lowercase, K-H-A-O-S 390. Um, it's a nickname I had from a child, so got to keep it right. Yeah. Um, but it kind of just follows the journey through powerlifting. And now we're, even though I'm not posting as much because there's no videos to really post when you run, cause I'm not going to record myself running. Right. Um, it'll be uh, following the journey right now to doing my first sprint triathlon, which I'm really excited about. And I'm still going to do powerlifting. It's not something that I'm not, I've just decided to not do anymore. But, um, unfortunately with the access to equipment, for me to train properly for a meet because I do want to win, it would, I don't have the ability to really do that right now. Yeah. So um, I kind of switched gears and decided, you know, let's focus on the cardio for a little while. Let's focus on the aerobic activity because, you know, physical fitness is necessary. Cardiovascular health is very necessary. And I was getting a little winded doing stairs and I was like, nope, we got to change this. We got to fix it. <laughs> So um, we decided to do our first sprint triathlon. So that's super exciting. I actually, hopefully the pools will be opening up soon and I can start swimming awesome. to uh, train for that. And then we got to get a bike and start biking, but it'll be cool. It'll be Thank cool you. to see what that does and how it translates. Awesome. That's exciting. Well, cool. Thanks for coming on here. I really appreciate it. Should have done this a long time ago, but I'm we glad, should have. But yeah. I'm glad we got it knocked out. This is, uh, this is fun. Um, I'll post this up and we'll share it out there and hopefully we'll be able to help some people, man. Agreed. Have a good day. Thank you. Anybody who's listening and stay consistent, stay positive. Um, the biggest part of EMS and the biggest part of physical fitness is staying positive and it's really hard to do sometimes. So that's why we created these groups is so that you have accountability and somebody to reach out saying, Hey, I'm having a bad day. I don't want to work out. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to work. 
yeah. message us. We'll give you the support and the affirmations that you need to help you get back to that right mindset. Because awesome. we're a family. EMS, no matter where you are, we're a family and we're here to help each other out. Absolutely. Awesome, buddy. Thank you much. I'm going to go ahead and stop this recording. Hey, guys. So hope you enjoyed that episode with Kelly. Go down to the, what I want you to do now is go down to the description in this episode and download the back pain protocol guide. If you've ever had or you know anybody that's had some discomfort or pain in their lower back and is looking for a way just to free some of that up, feel a little bit more energetic, energetic and not be so nagged by just all the pain and discomfort that you can gain from just sitting around not doing anything or lifting up heavy loads. This is a really good prehab, rehab protocol for everyone inside of EMS and even people that maybe you don't know or maybe you know that don't work inside of EMS but still experience significant back pain. Um, so go ahead and download it. There is a few email sequences I will send you after the fact just to help you along the way and make sure you're getting the support you need to walk through it. And on the back end of that guide is a four-week template, program template to give you an idea on how to lay that out three times a week for four weeks. Start knocking that out and give me some feedback on how your back feels if you're struggling with some pain and discomfort now. Hope that it helps. Um, thanks for listening and don't forget to visit the Facebook groups, Medic in Motion and the EMS Fitness Network to get inside of there and get some really cool tips and advice on how to improve your pain. All right, guys, stay strong, stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon.